You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Sid Talk. Are you yeah. going to cough yes. while this podcast is on? Yes. People who hate coughing, you should tune out and not listen to this show. Unless I can cut all the coughing out, but it might take me hours. I can suppress it. <clears throat> You can. So suppress. Suppress away. I'll see what I can do. Yes, I've got a summer cold, which makes me want to cut my head off. What's the difference between a summer cold and a winter cold? Well, no, summer just seems harsher. Because it's, like, hot and you get sweaty. And So, yes, we have turned the air conditioner on in the house. Because I do not want to be sweaty and sweaty and hot and coughing and sweaty on top of sweat. So I also caught a little bit of this cold, but... It seems to... I don't know. I'll probably... When yours is gone, mine will come on heavy. Correct. So, uh, yeah, colds. And I'm sure it'll be ten times worse than mine. No, probably a lot less, because I take my vitamins and make sure I drink loads of oh, vitamin I, C. I don't, I don't ever have intake any vitamins whatsoever, and I never I've never seen you water. do that, no. I don't take vitamins, like no, food exactly. with vitamins in it. That's what I was saying. I've never seen you take vitamins. Of course not. That doesn't mean I'm sick, because I don't take vitamins. Well, I'm saying it helps when you get a cold. Oh, just in I also general. I eat lots of fruit and vegetables, so I think I've got all the vi- all the vitamins I need. All right, so you should be better by this time next week. Well, hopefully by tomorrow. <laughs> so it is Saturday, August the sixth. This is after. And the sh- don't mistake my rough voice for vocal fry, because it's not. It's actually a very rough, sore, snotty throat. It is Saturday, August the sixth. This is after the show number four hundred and thirty-nine. The movie we're looking at this week is The Lobster. It's a 2015 movie released on Blu-ray on July the 26th, so you can pick this up now. It's rated R for mature themes, etc. And it's from our friends at Lionsgate. And Sid Talk... Don't even ask. We'll give you the synopsis (laughs) of the movie Lobster. Well, you can give the... I'll give you the tagline. Or I'll give you the the overall thing. Like, the, the nugget is... It's a world... It's our world, possibly the future, where if you don't find love or you don't have love or your relationship breaks up, you're sent to a hotel where if in a certain amount of days you don't find love there, they will transform you into an animal of some kind. Of your choice. Of your choice. But that, that's irrelevant. It's just that... No, no, it's not irrelevant. If you because... can't find love, you're going to be turned into an actual animal, a dog or a camel or a peacock or something. So the whole idea is... Not being in a relationship is wrong, and yet, as you go through the movie, also, being in a relationship is not exactly Some of these relationships are very yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, The Lobster. We saw the trailer for this a couple of weeks ago on one of the other Lionsgate movies we reviewed, and uh, it looked interesting. So, uh, hence, I uh, asked for a uh, review copy, and we are reviewing it. So... I want to start by saying I really love, like, really odd movies that are not, you know, completely the norm. Even though I really love Captain America and things like that, I really love odd little movies. And this is a very odd movie. Let's get that right out there. Define odd. Um, That's what I'd say. 
Yeah, it's not exactly what you think. Uh, it, its narrative is different to what you would expect from a movie. Um, it even has like a narrator uh, over the top, like almost reading pages of a book, pages of a book, over scenes, sometimes reading narration of something you already just heard. There's some odd things in this movie. It just ma- Everything about it just makes it seem odd, don't you think? Uh, I don't know. I'm still saying define odd. Oh, uh, um, not Captain America. The right. total opposite to ca- something like a Hollywood blockbuster. It is a art house type film. I'm not sure if that makes it odd, but I get where you're going, and a lot of people will agree with you. I don't. Anybody in the mainstream, anybody who's only used to mainstream cinema, would find this odd. Mm. That's what I mean by odd. Okay. Well, how would you describe it as odd? I wouldn't describe it as odd. You don't think it has a quirky, odd... Um... I mean, it has its own personality, but I mean, if you say it's quirky and odd, that puts it over there. Or in fact, you know, away from all the like, standard movies. But actually, it's just a it story about from... love, and it's delivered in a way that... I don't know, you're either drawn to it or you're not, and I don't know, because if you're saying it's odd and it's quirky or it's weird or something, then I'm drawn to it. What does that, what does that mean? It means that you like that type of movie, right? <laughs> I just think we see it different. I don't think it's odd, but it is not, you are correct, it is not James Bond, it's not Captain America, it's not Iron Man, it's not Batman versus Superman, but then think about those movies. You've got a rich guy who somehow miraculously is able to invent all kinds of shit to be like a vigilante. That's weird. But those movies are all very linear, very easy to... Right, what I'm saying is you're brainwashed into thinking that's normal and standard when that's fucked up. That's weird because... And a guy who comes from another planet who we don't recognize him when he puts on a pair of glasses. All right, then. You've Got Mail. I know. I totally get what you're saying. You've Got Mail is the one, uh, is a movie that I would uh, say. There's your just very standard... I would think Sleepless Romance. in Seattle is yeah, another, sl- yeah. You've got mails very similar to Sleepless in Seattle. It's almost the same story really with some technology. The email is really boring, but... But um, those movies are just very standard... Boy meets girl. Boy meets girl, fall in love story. This is that too, but it's it is... Delivered in a different way. I don't know if it's odd. It's just odd if you don't like things that are not... Are I don't mean odd in a bad way either. I mean, you might like... You, I, I actually like what I term as odd. Because it's um, off-kilter and, you know, I like that kind of thing if it's if it's like that. But that's all I was saying. Anyway, um, odd or not... I'm not saying people would disagree with you, but odd has a negative connotation. Yes, absolutely. That if it's not of the main... Right, but to me it doesn't weird. have a negative... Um, it's, but you know some of the people listening to this right now, odd equals bad. Yeah, and those are the people who probably wouldn't like this no. movie. So if, I wouldn't think so. I don't know. I wouldn't imagine that they would. No. Uh, the people who don't like uh, something that challenges the norm wouldn't like this movie. They'd probably find it really boring. In fact, I just went and looked at the message boards on IMDb, and that is full of people who don't understand a movie like this. So they express their opinion of, I just went to see Captain America Civil War, and then I went to see The Lobster the day after, and why is a movie like The Lobster even in the cinema? What the hell? Like, that's not what you go to the cinema for. So, they're the kind of people. 
I'm not saying there isn't room for a person who likes Captain America Civil War and this, because that would be me. Me too, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so this movie, yeah, it's about this hotel... It's really interesting from the beginning, actually, that opening scene. I don't exactly know what that meant, but what? I have my own... I totally do. Well, it's never explained. Doesn't need so to be. So I had to put my own story behind that, but I guess that's what a lot of this movie is. I feel like it was really obvious. Well, you could say that, but there's never an explanation for don't it. Don't need one. I think it was really obvious, because why else would you do that in a normal situation if it wasn't a donkey? What happens is a, a woman is driving in a car... And then she gets out of the car, walks into a field with some donkeys in it, and shoots one of the donkeys. And now we're going to find out that people who are not in relationships anymore get turned into animals. So it was just some asshole who got turned into an animal, and she wasn't going to let it go. And it was a donkey. It's pretty straightforward to yeah. me. Um, like an asshole. Yeah. Ass. Well, donkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had a story like like it was a husband and he cheated on her and I don't even know why, but and he got turned in. He got the relationship ended. He got turned into the donkey and she came to uh, finish him. That was my story, but that isn't the story. That's what I'm saying. There's stuff in this movie where it's not. You have I think to, you just overthink it because that is what it is. Well, I don't, I don't know exactly. I think that's also the end scene, which I'm not going to spoil. Hmm. Um, could be taken many ways and there is no oh it was definitely that or it was definitely that I think there is in his mind but he doesn't want to tell everybody right. the director writer yeah so there is a lot of that you have to contend with if you are if you really want like a straight up narrative it ain't always going to happen in this movie because it's like in life people think they have to have um uh like a little packaged answer resolution to everything you can go all the way up to why everything exists all the way down to well, why did she say that to me to hurt my feelings when you actually have no fucking clue and you can just let it go and it doesn't matter why that person did what they did if it's just nothing you know so i think that gets stuck in the movies and art just like paintings if someone looks at a painting of a field with a sunset and a horse in a building, in a barn, and a guy. They're like, oh, it's beautiful. Then they turn around here and they see a blank canvas with a brown dot in the corner. And they're just like, what was that supposed to be? I don't have an explanation. No one's explaining this, this to me. This is actually the same. Yeah, it's like, maybe you don't need an explanation. And maybe you don't even need to make one up. Just look at it. Just watch the movie. Soak up the story. Don't overthink it. And just let it be. But that's really hard for people. So what I was pleasantly surprised about with this movie was how hilarious it actually is. I mean, it is laugh-out-loud funny a lot. Now... Controversial statement. You don't think it was? I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying 99% I, I found of myself, people disagree I found myself you. laughing so much. Like, so many times. Or just I, going, oh my god. Yeah, or just like, that is really funny what he just said. Because like, the way characters interact with each other in this movie... Sometimes it's the way they say it, not Yeah, the way yeah. they say it, yeah. It, um, I, I read a comment from somebody on the message board there that said, why is this movie so badly acted? Like, everybody's really doing a poor job of the acting. Well, they obviously failed to see what this movie is. It's a really dark comedy at its heart, and the way it is presented is... There is not much emotion in the, in a world where you're kind of forced into being a couple, so the emotion is kind of sucked out of everybody. Which is how the world is, I think. Right. Sometimes. And the city, 
I I see the city is society, right? Just society is the city saying, hey, everybody, if you're not a couple, then you're not acceptable. So we're going to send you off to be an animal. So the way a lot of people interact in this movie is very straightforward. I mean, like... Reading off of a card straightforward. Not just not just like that, either. Like, yeah, it sounds like they're reading off a card, but it also sounds like they ask questions of each other that are so upfront, like something that you might take in real life, you might take months to get to that kind of area with a person. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So in this movie, because they're in this situation in this hotel, it's almost immediate you have to kind of put yourself out there. This is the kind of person I am, and this is the kind of person you are, and they just say things immediately. Like, they and it's put like, you Whoa. out there and say, you have to tell everyone your defining characteristic, which I think I've observed it for years, that people will live their life according to, like, a thing about them that people just always point at or talk about, you know, like a person, a boy might be extra handsome when he was a little boy, and that sort of stuck to him. So that's his defining characteristic, that he's so cute and handsome, and he that's it. A girl might be like, she started singing when she was five, and now she's just a beautiful singer, and that's it. That's her defining characteristic as a human being. And this, we get a guy who tells the story of how he gets his limp, and then he says, and it is my defining characteristic. So then you have to magnify that and say... Right, so his whole life, since he's had a limp, now the limp is the topic of every conversation, it's what people see, it's how he sees himself. The woman says, and my defining characteristic is, I have a beautiful smile. And then she smiles in this sort of like weird little smile. And that's how we all have that, but we don't say it out loud. But like the foreplay of a relationship in the real world would be a lot of like getting to know a person. Which we get to. At, yeah. uh, later in the forest. But in this, in the beginning of this movie, when they're all forced upon each other, like they're just in this hotel, and you, you really got, what have you got, 45 days to make a relationship with somebody, otherwise you're going to be turning to the animal. So they're on a time crunch, so everything is very, hey, I am this, you are that, let's get together. It's really, that's what makes a lot of the funny parts, I think. There's a, la- a lady in the movie who is heartless completely, she's got no emotion whatsoever. And her, the meeting he has with her is really brilliant. Like they don't very say much to each other, and he's trying to be something he isn't, and she's exactly what she is. <laughs> and it's a weird yep. situation of uh, when he, you know, when he uh, is Colin Farrell's character when he says like, you know, I don't care about this. Uh, I don't really care what anybody thinks. You know, and it's a reflection of how we do in, in life, real life that how we, we lie half the time to make the other ourselves. person like us. Yeah, or to not upset them or to make sure that they love us back. Yeah, I thought it was really So the lot straightforward. So the way conversation that. is that it's not like I I'm I was trying to think, have I seen anything with this kind of and then I thought of Napoleon Dynamite. It has some very... The invention of lying kind of tiptoes around that oh well it doesn't tiptoe around it. That's the idea, is that everyone just says what they Yeah, the Mitt Ricky Gervais straight out. Yeah. When she says to him, you're not the greatest prospect because physically, blah, 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 and our children wouldn't look good and you don't have enough money. It's like the first thing she says to him, and that's really like... But that's more... The way this is delivered is has got this very... Like, nobody's interested in... Like, that, that's how I kind of described it. The way Colin Farrell's performance is, it's like he's doing a performance, but he's completely disconnected with the emotion of this character. And you would think, well, that's bad because an actor's supposed to connect with a character... 
this character doesn't need connecting with. Like you said, it's um, it's an empty character. It's very empty. And they all are. They, they all, all are. Yeah, because and of what society to me, to that them. reflects real life. Yeah, so the whole... Who's like, really full of substance that you know? I mean, really. We're all kind of shells of something, and on the inside... I think everything ever... is. Even the person who you might look at who's like the most deep thinker and yeah. deep person, they, even they are molded by something. Because that yeah. is their defining characteristic, right. that they're a deep thinker. But um, then when you... Like, so what I, are we really as so people? That's, this movie has a lot to say about people, obviously, and relationships, and just people's... How people react with each other, and how we reject each other, and how we embrace each other. The whole thing is covered. Um, but in a forced way that I really like. The movie also has like this kind of a two-half kind of thing, where the first half is in the hotel, and it's all this rigid setup. It's all rigid, it's very, like, I was thinking it would be horrible to be in that place. And then the second part is all set in the woods, which is some people who live outside the hotel. Yeah, but don't pretend like it's, it's completely rigid. Exactly also rigid. Same. It's a mirror image, but somebody... They've made pre- their own rules yep, exactly. that are also horrible. <laughs> Those are the loners who are wandering right. in the woods. Um, who, we'll go ahead and do a little spoiler here. The people at the hotel are all supposed to couple up, Yep. right? Now, at some point, we don't. There's no explanation yet again. But there are loners living in the woods, and it is part of your, uh, like you get bonus days at the hotel to find your love if you go on these hunts. Yeah, to get to, some of the loners to shoot with like darts to tranquilize tranquilizer guns. But that's like their haul is to go out and capture the loners. And the loners are escapees from the hotel. I was assuming. <gasps> you know, I just realized. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just some... Because they, they got guards and stuff to stop people getting away. What but I was trying to think was, why are those weird animals in the woods? I just figured it out. They... they you mean the people... Like this the is lady more spoiler. with the hair. Like she was there, wasn't she, in the back of one scene? And she'd kind been turned of, yeah. into a horse. I mean, yeah. They're just out there. They let them go, don't they? Once, they? once you become an animal, you go into the woods, right? Oh, I was thinking the loners eventually are going to get... What happens to them? They must get turned into animals and then they wander back out into the woods. Yeah, so it's all this... It's a cool setup, I thought. It's a really cool setup. I said it's like some fucked up Hunger Games, but it, like here's, here's the city and here's the, here's the ones who got away and they're trying to make their own thing, but even their own thing's a, a thing. Which Yo, is yeah. exactly what humans it's literally, do. Yeah, because like, well, let's invent something like, I don't know, punk music, which sounds really, really irreverent and anti-establishment, and yet we're over here creating it. So you're going to think that when you rip your jeans and put on your mohawk that you're being an individual, and then I'm going to turn around in five seconds, and there's going to be 5,000 people with torn jeans and mohawks, but you still think you're some sort of individual yeah. movement here. Just which a is small exactly, segment of a bigger yeah, thing. Yeah, and now inside it, you've created a new culture where if you don't have ripped jeans and a mohawk, you're and you've got fit. regular jeans and regular hair, you are a loot, you're out. You're not part of us. And so. that's what this movie deals in, basically. It's how we as a society, like, try to fit in with each other, and then some try to slip through the cracks and not, but they become their own thing. That's what it's dealing in a, you know, quirky manner. But like I said about it, being, about it being very funny, I think the movie's hilarious. There's a lot of really, there's a lot of really dark, uh, violent stuff in this movie, but a lot of the delivery of the lines and just some of the stuff said 
is very, very funny. It is to me, anyway. I don't know if you're, um, if you're the type who likes Adam Sandler movies, you might not find any of this funny. Did you find it funny? I'm not sure if that's a fair comparison, but... Uh, I mean, it's not uh, that... It's not... Do you think people just find It's not even and... jokes. They're not wrote as jokes, I don't think, in this movie. It's just the way... It's just the abs- absurd absurdity of the whole scenario and what people are saying. To me, it's funny. What do you think is an actual funny movie? Because you don't find Adam... Anchorman. Okay. So let's compare it to that. It's different humour to that. It's not written to... Well, I don't feel like it. It's incidentally funny. That's how I see it. I disagree. I think it's very plotted and planned to make a point of this sort of uncomfortable thing all of a sudden being funny and at the same time being very tragic and sad and disposable because by the next few things they say or the next scene or whatever you just keep you just keep moving on nothing kind of holds on to you it's not like when you're watching a hilarious movie like your beloved anchorman and you laugh and you laugh and the line is so unforgettable and the scene is so unforgettable and you want to watch it over and over because it'll make you laugh over and over this isn't that kind of comedy it's like in that moment like when you're married and you observe something maybe you don't do it but i do that you're just like oh my god that's just hilarious the observational way. comedy well, observing observing life and that it's funny. That yeah, it's like somebody cool. like Louis C.K. does in his stuff. No, I mean, I'm just doing it in life, yeah, observing you from a distance like, and I'm going, just... "Oh my god, that was hilarious!" What he said. I don't even think he thinks he knows he's being weird and funny. And then two seconds later, I'm on to something else. That's how this feels. And I didn't from the trailer. I didn't expect it to be as funny as it is. And it's obviously. Well, to me, anyway, I thought it was very funny, like a comedy start to finish. There was so many funny bits. And I don't generally laugh at things, but there's a lot of laughing in this movie. And then you'll watch it as a listener out there and go, what was funny about that? I was depressed the entire time, because it, exactly. it could also be depressing. Like, it, there's a depressing tone to things in this movie also. Um, Some people feel depressed when they can't understand a thing, and you're not going to understand this fully. You have to kind of fill in your own dots. Yeah, not fully, but I think you'll get the overall message of the movie. Um, but there are definitely scenes where you'll be like, I, what exactly are we saying here from this, you know? Like, there's a blindness scene, which you could take many ways. I said love is blind, but you might not say love is blind. I don't you think might that was say, it, nope. You know, they're blind leading the blind, you know? I think that's too obvious. I don't think. I think the rest of the movie. That's is what too I'm deep saying. Uh, that, you though. could take it as that, but it's probably deeper than that, and I don't grasp that. So, you might. I don't. I don't think it's a matter of you not grasping it. It's just. It yeah, well, I, I I did. The, there's a scene there towards the end of the movie where I was thinking more about a lobster and what happens. What? Yeah. How we dispatch a lobster. There isn't really a lobster in this movie, by the way, even though it's called the lobster. <laughs> um, there are other animals, but not really a lobster. But um, there's a funny... Uh, some of the scenes that I really stand out in my mind, there's one scene where the, these three guys stood in the garden and they're just saying, "What have you given a thought of what animal you'll be if you don't hook up with anybody in it when you leave? And one of them says, John C. Riley's character says, I want to be a parrot. And... Colin Farrell's character says, I want to be a lobster. And then Ben Wishaw's character says, you're both idiots. Like, why would you want to be those things? Like, you'd be a parrot, what will happen to you? What and he describes say? what happens to a lobster, that you get oh, boiled. He describes what happens to a parrot. Like, what, why would you want to be a parrot? 
like... He doesn't describe that. He describes the lobster. And then he said, why would you want to be a lobster? Um, you know, somebody will come along, stick you in a, in a pan, you'll be boiled Suck alive. your meat out. And that's basically describing love as well. Yeah. Someone will come along, like, just torture you with love. Basically, you know, love isn't easy, and it's really rough, and you feel really, really, like, emptied out a lot, but I think that's... And what did he say he would be? He didn't. He didn't, did he? He never did. He never had... I was thinking, hmm, so what is your better idea? I think because of his story, we're going to guess Wolf. Yeah, yeah, he has a story. The strong, like. yeah. Yeah. So, um, that, you know, that was really funny. There's a there's a scene with um a little girl where <laughs> Colin Farrell kicks a little girl in the leg, and you might think... So funny. How, why is that funny? It's just funny. The context of the whole thing is really funny, and what he says straight after he kicks this little girl in the leg, it's like, perfect. Um, one of the he's trying to parts, prove something. One of the funniest parts of the movie. Yeah. The, the, another really funny part is he's trying to hook up with the woman. Obviously, he needs to hook up with somebody to avoid being turned into an animal. And he's thinking, well, I'll hook up with somebody. I'll hook up with this woman who's the heartless woman. That'll be easy. So I'll just pretend to be heartless also. Really heartless. And the scene in the... They're in a, a hot tub. <laughs> and that scene in the hot tub is, like, perfect. Like, she... He, um, she tricks him, kind of, and that springs in her mind that, oh yeah, you are heartless like me. Obviously, he's just trying to be, but that that was really funny. There's a lot of funny stuff where... We all do lie to the person, I yeah, think, that's before. That, yeah. or, or adapt our person to fit with another person. Yeah. Like, you have many personalities. We'll say things ahead of time to make it sound like that we fit what they want, and then later it's revealed, and then you just kind of go, oh, 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 oh. So he's trying to hope that that's the case, but I don't think so. So another thing I really liked about this movie is the cinematography. It reminded me um, a lot of, like, what Wes Anderson's films look like. It's very um, specific. Every shot is very specific. Things are very central in the frame often. Um, It's very symmetrical, especially in the hotel. It's a bit more higgledy-piggledy when it gets outside of the hotel. But the, all those hotel shots, they're very, you know, steady. Like, everything's framed. It's not... It's yeah. no shaky cam. It's just like, hey, we're going to show you the entire entirety of this room, and the people are just going to be small in the room. Like, I really like how it looks. Um, like they said in the extras, I didn't notice during the movie, but it was one of those movies where they didn't use studio lighting very... Well, they did, but very well. A little rarely. bit, yeah. But mostly natural light. And we watched The Invitation last week, or the week before, and uh, that was done in natural light, and it made it look all, like, kind of dark and dingy and kind of noisy. This movie's the opposite. Even though it wasn't filmed in natural... It was only filmed in natural light. It looks like a million dollars all the it time. Looks, it looks awesome. Like, it never looks um, dingy or dark or anything. Like, even, the out, even the scene that's in the nighttime, where they go towards the boat... It looks fine, and there's not much lighting going on. So I was impressed with that. It's really cool cinematography. Uh, did you notice that part where it was like unfocused through a window? That was really cool. Like, and the, even the audio was dropped. Like, so it, you were mm-hmm. you were kind of behind this window. Um, yeah, that was kind of tragic. The, we, between those two ladies, yep. There's a there's a thing between two ladies who I won't spoil it, but I <laughs> thought that was a tragic kind of a thing. Um, so let's go on to the cast. Colin Farrell plays David. Now I have a a thing about Colin Farrell. Like I, I really liked him in a True Detective, even though I didn't really like that True Detective. I liked him in it, 
I like that character he portrayed. But, in general, I find him really mediocre. We saw him in that, like... Overrated. The one with the consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw him in Phone Booth. I'm never, like, a big fan of him. I think he's really serviceable. He was really good in that movie, Intermission, an Irish movie, way before he got famous. I really love that movie. But um, I've ne- I'm never like, oh, I'm really fascinated by him, or I really want to see him again. Like, I can't wait for his next movie. That doesn't ever... But this is, like, the perfect casting for it. I... He just handled it perfectly for me. Like, like I know it. you might say, well, he's terrible, isn't he? Because this movie requires... Somebody to just sound like they're reading lines off a page. And that's what it sounds like. But the whole physicality of him and everything just was perfect. Yep. Like, it was it was a person who was completely detached. He was just a hollow man who... The people that in this world I do not understand. He represents the people in this world. I feel like the way they describe him in the extras is that... And he described... Colin Farrell describes him that he doesn't... He doesn't do anything that's calculated or with purpose unless the moment unless he's afraid of something or the moment takes him there that he's not there's no depth to him at all yeah nothing and that unless something in that moment panics him and then he so reacts yeah that's exactly how he does it he's, he's um it's like a man like like a, he's like a live wire kind of he's just following a thing oh is is a situation I'll do this situation and then but then it, you know gets iffy because the when he gets outside of the... Because uh, that's a different thing, because maybe that's real. But yeah. then, how do you know what's real? But I, you know, I was impressed by him. Like, I was like, wow, it must take some kind of focus to try and remove... I'm not sure. I don't, know, don't overthink it. I, f- I, I feel like he removed the Colin Farrell thing. I would say don't give him too much credit, because if you don't think he's that great at being all these other characters... And if this comes a little more naturally, then what does that actually I'm say? I'm saying some people would say he's he's just a load of shit because he can act like right, a shit. Right, and maybe that's... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, my favorite Colin like Farrell Neo. performance. Neo's yeah. not great no. in anything ever. No, never. But as Neo, because he's like this sort of like wooden, and that's empty, why... emotionless, kind of weird And that's why he's really good as John Wick as well. Because John Wick is... I know like... what I'm saying is oh, that's a reflection of Keanu Reeves' abilities. Exactly. So, if in this one, he's just kind of wooden and empty, and you don't find him great in anything else, then this is also maybe a reflection of his overall abilities. I actually, but he has some good things about him. I actually him. liked him in True Detective, and he was he was hollow and empty in that, because as a person, he was kind of like... Yeah, he had a lot out. of hardcore moments. But he was kind of a just empty person because of his marriage declining, and he's not... Yeah, but he had some really... He beat up a kid. You gotta beat up a kid in that one. Yeah. Or kicked a kid. And then this one he kicked another <laughs> That's kid. That's what he's famous for. Children <laughs> abuse. Um, no, I really loved him in it. It's my favourite Colin Farrell role by far. Rachel Weiss plays the short-sighted woman. What did you think? That'd be Rachel Weiss. I mean, come on. Uh, she's awesome. And she's one of those that I've thought in the past, uh, what's so great about her? But she's had a few roles that... Whistleblower. Really, yeah, exactly. And then this one... She's in it. Like, she's in it completely, and she doesn't have to do of so much of the blankness, because she's been in the woods a little bit longer. She's you know very I mean? funny so she's, as well, though. Yeah. There's funny lines from her, and she does a lot of narration in this movie, and the narration is kind of funny, too, like, and she does some of the narration. No, I liked her. 
Uh, yeah, I did too. Ben Wishaw, who we've seen just recently in uh, Spectre, James Bond, he's Q, plays the limping man. Again, really funny. Really funny and really... It's very dark, his story, about his limping... Why he limps. <laughs> you know the part where he says, this is my this is my family. Like, you get this instant family. Well, with, with he lied man. to the woman yeah. to pretend so he would be hooked up with somebody. Obviously, they have problems because the woman tells them all at the little seminar or the orientation. If you do couple up and you continue and you have problems, then we will just assign you a child. Yep. So the next thing we see is he and this girl have media, a child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so really. And in life, I think people think that. So that's why that's a funny... Um, ben Wishaw, yeah. Um, ben Wishaw, really. Uh, I like him in um, James Bond. I didn't think I was going to at first, but I think he was good in this. John C. Riley plays the Lisping Man. I've always loved John C. Riley. Whenever I look in his face now, all I can see is Wreck-It Ralph. Because <laughs> it's a pretty amazing how Wreck-It Ralph looks, like, you know, how they made it look like him. Um, what did you think of John C. Riley as the Lisping Man? I think he's way overrated. I don't know what you see in him exactly, except he's in movies that you really like. He's fine, but he could, he's just got a uh, otherness to him that isn't a standard, you know, way that people perform. And I think he's good in a serious him. role as he is in a comedy role, though John C. Riley. I think he does well both sides. I mean, Boogie Nights and uh, you mean Magnolia? Magnolia or Boogie Nights or um, I remember some, him in Boogie Nights. Yeah, he was really funny. He was kind of funny. He's the one who did the recording of the song with him. He's his best friend. Oh, basically. yeah, yeah. Um, or Step Brothers or whatever you call But they're all the same. Know. No, but Boogie Nights and Magnolia, nothing like Step Brothers. Well, no. Not like Step Brothers necessarily, but he himself is the same. It's it's me watching John C. Wright. I really like him. Um, I always have liked him. He's one of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's players. Um, that would explain part of why you like him. If you want to see a really cool movie with him in it, Criminal, it's called. Uh, you should see that. It's got um, Jake Gyllenhaal's sister in it and John C. Riley. It's really good. It is good. Um, Leah Sado plays the loner leader, and she's the French actress who you'll have just seen in Spectre, James Bond 007. She was also the lady in red in um, Inglorious Bastards, the one who brought down the Nazis. Um, so what did you think of her in this? She was good. Like, she's intense, and I don't know the character's full intentions, but I like that she makes me feel like she's in charge. She's just trying to uh, bring order to this bunch of people, but oh, with these shitty rules. She wants to bring down the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the way she kind of deals with this group is, like, puts the fear of God into them. Like, like, like this shit will happen if you do this. No, it's fear of God. It's a fear of actual physical pain. Yeah, violent. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that yeah. expression. But, um, and the same at the hotel. Yeah. Because they stick his hand in a toaster. Like, there's no escaping yeah, you get, physical actually, punishments. In the, in the, if you step out of line in the hotel or back here, you get actual uh, abuse. Like She's a, no different than the couple at the hotel who are trying to couple everyone up. She is as intent on keeping everyone separate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're not allowed to couple up in... That's the one of the rules in the woods, if you've come out, is you can't kiss or anything, really. And they establish this thing of very clear... There, there is no middle of anything, because when he sits down at the desk at the hotel and they say, are you, would you like to be registered at homosexual or heterosexual? And he says, well, I had one homosexual encounter... 
could I be bisexual? And she said, no, you have to choose one. And then he went to get his shoe size, and he's 44 and a half, but they said you can only be 44 or 45. There is no half. So this is the way it is. You're either a couple, or you are absolutely alone, and there is no middle. So I like that commitment yeah. throughout the whole, that theme is kind of like every everywhere you turn. Yeah, so... um. Olivia Coleman, talking of the hotel manager, she plays the hotel manager. I like her. You'll know her. She's a British actress. She's from... Um, she's in a lot of... Uh, she's on the one with Tenet recently. Not recently. Yeah, but. she was Broadchurch. Yeah. You'll know her from. And you'll also know her from uh, Peep Show. She was uh, Correct. in there. Which re- she, I really like her. She's a comedy actress. And this requires a bit of comedy from her, this hotel manager. Yeah, like the opposite of comedy. Yeah, but, being but it funny. is funny to look at. So uh, she's good. Um, Angelica Papayulia, that's probably the wrong way of saying it, but she plays the heartless woman. I wanted to put down the heartless woman. She doesn't have a lot to say in this movie, but... I'm convinced she's heartless. Yeah, but there's a moment in this movie, the moment in this movie, I won't spoil that moment, but that moment is like, I was like, oh, really? We, she That happened? Ooh. Yeah, it was one of those moments where it fooled me. Like I was like, Oh, shit. <laughs> and it involves her. Um, Ashley Jensen plays the biscuit woman. You wanted me to put her down. Yeah, I, love, I really like She's her. She's the lady from Extras, Ricky Gervais' show. Um, she won the Emmy for that. And in this, she's kind of this understated she woman. She goes all in, man. She's also desperately lonely. Yeah. You can tell. But she's also one of those people in life, we all know them, who you just think... Oh, like they're so desperate to have somebody, but they're the type of person that might never find somebody. Right. So she's the middle person. She can't be alone, but she can't be in a couple. No. And so she has to go. (laughs) Even he can't. She yeah. she propositions him like, like with a really much, easy proposition, and even he's like. Um. That's why that was another example of how this movie <laughs> says this is a world where there are no middle. You are either able to couple up or you're able to be alone. Yeah. But there's nothing in the middle. But she's really good. So this is directed by Yorgos Lathinamos. Nice. I think that's close. That's Greek. Yeah, he's a Greek guy. He he directed Dogtooth and Alps. Uh, This is his first English language movie. Uh, I just had a look at the trailer for Dogtooth and Alps and they're very, very similar tones of this movie. You know, they instantly, when I looked at the trailer for Dogtooth, I was like, okay, yeah. I, get, I get this guy. This guy's thing is this. Like, it's you decide everything. Yeah. You go along for the story and, and the you just way it, it is presented, like, um, as, I, as I just mentioned to you, Wes Anderson. He has a very particular way of presenting everything. This guy also does. Um, a very interesting director. I'd like to see those other two movies now because it's, it's a very, interesting way of putting things and I really I really you know admire filmmaking like that and I admire somebody who doesn't take the easy route like this is not like a movie that's going to make a billion dollars you're not making it for that reason you're making it for the reason of art right then you you want to tell a story in your own unique way and it is very unique I can't think of another movie I was trying to think of movies like this and I, I, my short list of two, and I don't even think they are exactly in its ballpark, you know? It is a very... You'd be hard to find movies that are like this. Um, I don't know. It'd have to, I don't know about that. I mean, any movie in my vocabulary of I watching... I actually think movies? there's more of these than there are of the big blockbusters. We just don't have access to I mean, to of them. this very specific way, like, 
don't know about that. There's something very unique about this specific. Because I think if we saw more movies from other countries and other languages, from other perspectives, you would find a lot more of these than we do of Iron Man's. Like, a lot more. Because of budgets and artistic expression is more important, and that's why we never see them, because they are done and released, and then they sit there on a DVD on a shelf for 20 years. So, if you seek them out, I bet you can find lots of them. Yeah, but in the movies I've seen in my life, and I've seen lots of independent movies and lots of big-budget movies, I haven't seen one like this. And I was saying Napoleon Dynamite was one, but that's a very commercial movie, I think. But still, it has a very that also has a very interesting way of putting things. The way the characters interact, it's not like everything else you've seen. Even now, nobody's copied Napoleon Dynamite, it doesn't seem. Mm, no. There's not many movies. Maybe there are, but I've not seen them. So, yeah, I really like this guy's look at things. It's got a really cool DP who makes everything look awesome. Um, so extras on this Blu-ray. There is one. It's the making of... What did you think of it? It's 22, it really minute, 22 minutes long. Yeah. It's just right, because everybody talks about their roles and about the director and the story, and it's not a promo thing. It's not a commercial to me. It's no, just it's them not. talking about it. Yeah, make sure you see the movie before you see it, though, because it does give away tons of plot points. Um, Unlike what we've just done. I would have liked a director's commentary, but there isn't one. Um, but this 22-minute thing is pretty good. So, um, in conclusion, I'm going to highly recommend The Lobster. It's not for everybody. There's going to be people who I recommend it to, and then they go, what the fuck? What? This is the most boring thing I've ever seen. What the hell is this even about, right? I would recommend it to zero people that I know. So it... I would say people, I would say watch it. I mean, I do have people. I'm not who would recommending love it. that you watch it. I'm saying watch it and then decide for yourself. <laughs> for sure. I definitely have people on my list of people who I could recommend this to, and I know they would like it. But there's also a lot of people on my list who would be like, why did you recommend this? Because this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. Like, it is, uh, I don't even know what to make of it. It's like, why would you recommend this, you know? Like, it might, they might go, you're a lunatic. You like this? <laughs> but um, They'll be wrong. But give it a try. Um, it is not an ordinary type of movie, though. So, if you... I don't know about that. I think, well, I think if you are... What's ordinary? If you are not used to being... No, I'm saying it's not an ordinary movie. I know, what's I'm saying ordinary? if you're not used to being challenged filmmaking-wise, which this is what this does, uh, you just want to sit there with your brain off. This is not the movie for that. You want to sit there with the brain off Suicide Squad or something, what comes out this weekend. That's what you watch, right? This I don't one, know if I've seen it, but it sounds this one, like it. Well, you know, it's, it's the continuation of uh, Batman vs. Superman. This is more a you have to engage your brain when you watch it. Otherwise, it would just wash over you and you wouldn't really get what is going on about. So, you don't recommend... I mean, you wouldn't recommend it to anybody... I'm not saying I wouldn't recommend it. I'm saying no one I know would I recommend say, hey, you're going to love this because you loved X, Y, and Z movies. I'm going to say, watch it or watch the first half of it because some people will just be out of it within the first ten minutes. Like, they'd just be like, ugh, God, this is so boring. Um, if but, you if if you you read the box and it gives you the synopsis of, like, the synopsis is very brief about... Um, there's a hotel. If you're a single person, you have to go to the hotel. And if you don't couple up, you become an animal. If that sounds interesting to you, that concept. Yeah, exactly. Because it does to me. 
Like, I, I'm always interested in cool concepts like that. Maybe you would like this movie. Or maybe know? not. That's so, what I say. Watch it and see what happens. So, I recommend it highly. It is one of my favorite movies I've seen this year. And we've seen some good movies this year. In fact, we just yep. said to each other, wow, we've seen some... This this year has been firing a bit, hasn't it? Like it like it's not there's not been a ton of floppy movies that we've watched. Usually, when it comes to the end of the year and we can choose like from our worst movies, there's a bunch of them. This year, I th- I'm thinking there's a lot of good. So remembering the bad ones from last year. Yeah. So uh, thanks to Lionsgate for the Blu-ray, The Lobster. I really enjoyed it. If you want to enter a contest, we've actually got an upcoming contest for the sequel to Huntsman. You remember the uh, Snow White and the Huntsman? The sequel is about Barely. to come out. Uh. With uh, Charlize Theron, and uh, I will be giving away a Blu-ray of that. So uh, enter the contest. I will be publishing that on the 16th of August. So in 10 days, you'll be able to win a copy of uh, the sequel to Snow White and the Huntsman. Next week's Blu-ray review is uh, Tom Hanks in A Hologram for the King. We're going to look at that next week. Uh, since Sidtot's probably never heard of that one, but um, it's a new, good. It's Tom Hanks' new movie. So we're going to look at that next week. Movie recommendations this week. I am going with, on the theme of the lobster, and I feel like these are pretty close to the subject matter. Uh, number one is Punch Drunk Love. It's my favourite love story movie. It's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Adam Sandler, uh, Emily Watson. It's an awesome, messed up love story. It's very emotional, and it's also a little bit, it's not conventional, let's say. And my other one is Napoleon Dynamite. Also a love story. Absolutely a love story. Underdog story. And the reason I say Napoleon Dynamite is it does have a lot of dialogue in it that is unlike dialogue you've really heard before. But because of that, it makes it funnier than than it is. Flight of the Concords is another one where dialogue that is going back and forth. Definitely. It's not natural, but it's funny. Like it, because of its odd nature it's funny so um yeah punch drunk love and napoleon dynamite and mine are of course going along with my theme for the year of telling you about every movie i've ever seen that i'm keeping track of or trying to and i'm in the bees and i'm up to what i can use as examples of these the movie over here that's a little bit not over there you know what i mean like this big chunk of movies that everybody spends billions on and the ones over here so we have bedtime stories adam sandler i don't didn't like it you didn't like it no. Not great. To me. But one of those. Probably Just a made lots and lots film. of money. Yeah. Beethoven, the Beethoven movies, cute. Very standard. Don't think I ever watched them. Bog standard, as you would say. Formulaic, but cute and fun. Then we have Beetlejuice, which, from the 80s, it is. it was weird and kind of out there and over on, you know, it wasn't like all the John Hughes movies out there getting made. It was a no. little bit odd, but still, it's a big production and, you know. To me, it falls in the middle. Before Night Falls, very intense. Javier Bardem. Yeah, exactly. That one's a rough one. And then Behind Enemy Lines, a standard... Action flick. Action hero kind of a story. War, you know, kind of a thing. So there's a mixture there. All right, so Games and A Scully stuff. Um, I've been playing. um, Thank you to uh, Tiny Build, who gave me a Steam key for this game uh, yesterday. Um... So I thought I would take a look at this game. It's called Road to Ballhalla. And it's a Steam game. You can pick up now. I think it's Ballhalla about... Ballhalla with a B as in boy. Like Valhalla, but Ballhalla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a game um came out on Steam yesterday. 
It's about 15 bucks if you want to pick it up. What it is, is uh, if you remember Marble Madness from years and years and years ago, the 70s probably, Marble Madness came out. It's one of those games where you roll the ball and you have to get it from point A to point B without hitting things. Um, obstacles will be in your way. Sounds very simple, but this one is not that simple. In fact... It doesn't look simple. It's outrageously hard. It's like, you know, the kind of hard that people thrive... Like, the people who love those super, super, super hard games would love this game. Like, it's, it actually has a feature built into the game where you can stream it on Twitch. It just, like, links to your Twitch account, and then you can stream it immediately. Um, so people can watch you get really frustrated and, like, swear at the screen. Because I, I imagine if you go on Twitch and search for Road to Valhalla, and you watch people playing it, all of those people are going to get mad at some point, because it is so frustratingly difficult. It is impossible to get mad. You, I mean, it's possible not to get mad at the game. So what it is, is you, you pilot a ball from one side of the... Well, it actually scrolls. It's really funny, we were playing it last night. There's a level, right? It, the game kind of messes with you, and takes the piss out of you, which I find really funny. But there's this level. And you, you pilot in the ball a lot around, and then you get to this section of the map, and all of a sudden, your controls completely reverse. So backwards Yikes. is forwards, forwards is backwards, left is right, right is left. So that just makes your brain hurt when you're trying to move the ball, and like, okay, I need to go to the left, oh, I have to push right. You're falling off the edge all the time. Eventually, we got through this section and got to the end. And right in the middle of the screen, wrote on the screen in letters, it said, you could have just turned your controller upside down and that part would have been really easy. Right. You don't think of it while you're playing, you just think, oh, this is a hard bit. Oh, yeah, they've reversed the controls. But then it then it goes, well, you could have just turned... And, it, and then... It wouldn't have been easy. Yeah. Have it upside down. You turn the controllers... You can turn the controller upside down and the controls are normal again because they were backwards. So when you, when you, this, when you turn the controller upside down and use the stick... The stick is the right way, then. Ah, uh, right. You don't but think you of that while that, you're yeah. playing, do you? But then when you got to got to the end of that section, it's like, hey, you could have just continued. And then we went, okay, let me try that again with the controller upside down. Oh, yeah, it is really easy. It's exactly, you know. So the game messes with you a lot. It says things like, you're rolling the ball along, and then there's a laser. And it says to you, on the screen in text, it says, Ancient Legend says that rolling your ball into this laser will unlock a cheat code. So what would you do? Not do it. So you roll the ball into the laser like it's telling you to. I'm not a sheep. And then it says, but the ancient legend lied. And there's a lot of stuff like that throughout the game. In fact, it messaged with you so much, there was like three or four things where it said, hey, if you did this, this might happen. And it never does. And then eventually, just one time, if you, uh, you know, if you do break that rule over and over it, there's a there's a <laughs> there's a level based on you know captures on websites do you hate captures i hate them mm, didn't bother me i can never i can never read what it says like i can't tell if it's a j or an l or you know like they're really difficult to see the letters they're like all obscured and sometimes they have lines all I over them i find that bit of a challenge really you don't find it have you never like typed in a capture like 10 times because you can't get it no Oh, it always uh, maybe read maybe it. the I just websites click you click the go, little button and say give me maybe the one. websites you go to don't have like sixteen digit sure captions. But oh, if I can't read it, I just click the little thing that says give me another one. Well, anyway, there are a lot of people who captures bug, including me. 
And this game has a whole level based on captures. And it says, like, solve the cat. It says, only robots can solve captures. They're impossible for humans to do. So here is um, a capture. And the captures, it's like just like the captures you see on web pages. I was like, is we, me and well, people might not know what you're talking about. It's like when you go to a site and you want to post or you want to log in or something, you know, like contribute something. You have to type. It'll some have stuff. a thing at the bottom that's like an image, but it's got a bunch of letters. I can say like Jack be nimble, but the every letter looks almost like magazine letters all cut up and Folded chopped together, down. and they're kind of twisted, and you can't tell sometimes if it's a little one or a small or a big one's all mixed up, and you have to type it in. You can tell it to say it to you. There's a little sound button there as well. And Often then, doesn't work. True. But you can always keep trying, like you said. But that's what a captcha, not capture, captcha is. Yeah, so this level's based around that concept. And it says, like, hey, only robots can solve captures. Humans can't do them. So let's prove you're a robot. And it makes you roll the ball over the numbers to, to spell what the capture says. And... It is designed very purposely to be very hard to solve. Like it, like a one looks like an L, and, you know, yeah. it's really... We tried it over and over and over and over, and then it says, if you can't solve it and you're not a robot, you're just a human, go and hit the red laser to the left. So we hit the red laser to the left, it says, uh, come on, you're not even trying. Like So we go back and we try, is that an L, is that a one? Eventually we get to it, and it lets, lets you through. And then there's, like, another capture that's, like... Uh, like pictures like here's a dog and there's a cat and the whole level is like fucking with you because like it is designed to you're never going to get it right the first time it actually says like uh, when you get that further down the line this you're just rolling a ball by the way get further down the line and it says don't worry and it pulls stats from the web it says you know let's say it says 900 people got this wrong 20 times before they even got through it so the whole game is playing with you it's getting harder and harder as it goes along. It gets to the point, I'm only on like level 8, where it has got too hard for me. Like, I don't think I would progress anymore. So if you like this type of game that makes it really hard, and you might want to play it on Twitch or YouTube, and maybe you're one of those people who likes people watching you play games and getting really mad, it's that kind of game. So I don't think you would like it. No. It's too hard for you. I watched it. It didn't look good to me. Too it didn't hard, look good right? for me. Huh? Didn't look good for me. If you like really hard games, and I know people who do, in fact, I know one specific person on my friends list who loves hard games, and when I watch him play games, I'm always like, is he, like, really human? Like, because I don't understand how he gets score. I'll buy a new game, and I'll, I'll play it, and I'll go, well, that was a pretty good score. And then right at the top of my leaderboard is that guy off my Steam list. And it's he's probably got quadruple my score immediately. And I'm like, I don't even understand how he does that. He's not a cheater. He's just really good at, like, a skill games, as they call sure. it. So, Road to Ball Halle, you can buy it on Steam. I think it's coming to consoles later, but at the moment it's on Steam. And the other game is No Man's Sky, which comes out this Tuesday. I haven't played it yet. We'll be playing it this week. It's a game that Sony um, have been hyping up for, what, years now? It's been at the last three E3s. It's that game where there's a whole universe for you to explore, discover planets... Flying space battles. Just explore. It's a real, like, calm kind of game. It's not like a fighting game or, a, you know, you... Space battles? Or there calm? are some battles in space, apparently, but mostly it's flying around space in your in your little cockpit, listening to some music, flying, landing on a planet, discovering the wildlife, 
taking samples, taking photographs. It's a very chill exploration type game, which is kind of a new category because I don't believe there is... I, I can't think of a game where you just kind of explore, aside from Minecraft. People say Minecraft is that. But Minecraft's more as create, to me, rather than explore. You're not exploring Minecraft, you're actually building stuff. This is like, it appeals to me, like, finding stuff and, look at this, this is cool. You know, like, going to a planet and seeing the new, the fish and the dinosaur-type animals and... I was to see it when I see it. It sounds, really, it sounds really cool. It sounds and, cool. Uh, yeah, it really does. Uh, it's called No Man's Sky. It's out this Tuesday. So, what's Spenguli? Tell everybody what that is. Spenguli is a horror host on MeTV and maybe other channels, I don't know, where he introduces a old, an old horror-type flick or sci-fi from the 40s, 50s, 60s, and even 70s, have we, as we have found. How about 80s? We might, but... Uh, and he wears funny makeup and he does little skits and we watch it every week now because you decided to latch on to it after I discovered it. It's got terrible jokes. It's got terrible, well, you know, vaudevillian type of jokes. And tonight's movie is... What is it? It's Kuruchu, Beast of the Amazon. Mm. Or Kuruku. I don't know. Let's see. It's going to be semi-bad. It's from the 40s, 46, I believe. It could be inappropriate at times. It's got... Oh. It has got, he actually had a warning. Lots of stock animal, ah. stock footage of animals not being that treated might not well. be treated well. Every week he tells people if he's going to have an old movie before the laws and the rules kicked in about treating animals well on the set. These movies were made. He doesn't hide away from it. He just says, you're not going to like it. And if you're not going to like it, don't watch it. And I have learned a lot from watching these <laughs> movies that back in the day, animals were not only mistreated zoo animals, like uh, tigers and lions yeah. and stuff, they were also exploited in movies and, for the, for the fun of the audience, made to fight each other to Torture. the death. Torture, yeah. Like, we saw at Wonk, the yep. terror in the zoo, where it's quite clear watching it that some animals must have died or in Or got injured scenes. very badly, yeah. Lions and tigers and lions ripping each other to, you know, fighting each other. It's not like staged, it's real footage. And it tells you the difference. In, uh, now, not saying that everybody, some people would dig it. Even now, they'd be like, fuck it, they're just animals. Kids yeah. are shit. But you and I watch it, and you're just like, ah. But yeah, now I, I don't complain because he warns you. He tell, And I'm not an animal rights person or anything. I'm just saying, it's just, now you wouldn't see that necessarily, but I'm sure people still do it in parts of the world where they don't give a crap. But. Um, we do have that occasionally. Plus, he also talks about um, cultural things, things that people might say that are racial or There's sexist or whatever. Too. He warns you ahead of time. This movie was made in 1939. This movie was made in 1944. Um, there are references to this or that that you may find offensive, and I'm telling you now. There's and, a lot of tribe on a, in, yeah. a, in a jungle. That was a big deal it's in like the 20s really and 30s. <laughs> 20s and 30s. I listen yeah. to the radio shows a lot. And there's a lot of that. Like people became infatuated with tribal stuff back like, in the day. You go like there's a tribe in the jungle. They've got bones through the noses. It's so stereotypical bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's like you know, there's a lot of that. But then you have to think this was a time and well, no, it does not excuse it. Doesn't excuse it, it's but just that's that how it was. I, you can't delete like erase them all from history. Is what I would say. No. So uh, what is for dinner tonight? Tonight will be Jimmy John's, because I definitely don't want to cook. Even though the house isn't hot today, I'm going to go get the sandwiches so I don't have to do anything. I'll be quite honest. And what is your advice before we leave? My advice is, 
I was just watching uh, today. On Saturdays, they have on MeTV, they have like Bonanza and Gunsmoke. And on Bonanza was this one episode where a woman is found after being held captive. Now, this is one of those things also culturally inappropriateness from old TV shows and stuff. But back in the day, country and westerns, movies and TV shows, cowboys versus Indians or Native Americans was the thing, right? So this woman had been held captive. She had been taken by a tribe, a nearby tribe, and had been held by them for four years. And the chief of that tribe or whatever, the warrior, had at some point... They don't ever say it in these shows because they're very family-friendly. Yeah. But obviously he's taken advantage of her. He has raped her. She now has a child. And now they find her and they bring her back. And her husband, of course, rejects her. The community rejects her. Um, everyone's like, ugh, savage woman. And, you know, she's dirty and she's, you know, whatever. And the child, of course, has to be rejected. And, of course, the Cartwrights are the ones who say, well, you know, well, little Joe does say, I don't know what I would do if it was my wife. So there's kind of, he's not being all righteous about it. But of course, Lauren Green, Mr. Hartwright, has to be like, stand up for her and tell her to be brave and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was sitting there watching it thinking, all my life, from the time I was a little kid, watching things like Bewitched and Brady Bunch and these shows and movies. And every time there was this kind of issue, right, this woman is the outcast. And then the, the town are against her immediately. And I never identify with the town or the group. Um, there's an episode of Bewitched where <clears throat> obviously somebody's racist. And Sam takes these two little girls. Um, one of Tabitha's little friends is an African-American girl. And she gives them both big, giant, black and white polka dots all over their skin. She's a witch, if you don't know about Bewitched. And then they come down and the parents see her. And, you know, she's like, well... You know, they're just the same now. So what difference does it make kind of thing? And I was, I wasn't the kid who would be like, oh, we shouldn't be friends with her. Happy Days had episodes where it was about race. And all, and I was always on the side of, what's wrong with you people? And even on watching this one, I'm 48 years old and I'm watching it going like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? This woman has been through, who knows, you know, it's fictional, right? But I immediately identify with the person who's over there. On the outskirts. I'm not saying I'm an outcast or anything. I've never had any reason to be an outcast. Nothing's, you know. But I just always identify with that person or that group before I identify with the pack mentality. And so I think that's built in. So if you're ever watching something like that or like an old Clint Eastwood movie or an old... I'm sure it's reflected in modern movies and stories as well. But I mean, if you're ever watching something like that, just try to be conscious of which... Which side, if you think, take sides, do you, immediate, do you immediately want to be part of the town who, who sneers at her and you feel strong and important because you're with the majority and it's easier to put that person down because of their color or their situation or their, how much money they have or what kind of clothes they wear or if they live under a bridge or if they, if they don't believe, believe in your God or they don't go to your political rally, whatever it is, the thing where if you're part of a group, that you can all gang up on somebody to kind of get your nads off, make yourself feel good, and then you're you're important with everybody else? Or do you immediately think of that other person, like, wow, they all look like a bunch of assholes, you know? Yeah. What? Just think about it, then I, and just see. Like, where did... And then I think it's... I don't think it's even conscious. Because I remember it from always. 
you know, it's not a, it's just, I don't know. So how do you relate it to this movie, The Lobster? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> this is my advice doesn't relate to the movie. It relates to my experiences of the week. And that was one of them today. I was instantly like, screw those people, those bitchy ladies in the dress shop. It was just like Pretty Woman. There's an example of a more modern movie where they know she's kind of maybe trashy, and so they look at her like, Ugh. yeah. Well, of course, you're on her side because she's, dog. The, she's the good prostitute, right? So in this one, the lady goes in with her baby, and she's in the Indian garb because they haven't had a chance to get her new clothes yet. Cartwright's going to buy her some new clothes. She goes in, and the women are all real bitchy with her, like really bad. And so, and then there's a guy on the street who yells at her to try and embarrass her, and you know. All right. So. Is yeah. that is that your message for this week? Just think about where you instantly align with the herd mentality, the pack mentality, the group, or with the individual or the other that, you know, for whatever reason. All right, so let me remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com and sidtalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, if you've got Android, or the RSS feed, aschoolie.com slash podcast. You can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk. And uh, hopefully, when you hear this, there was no coughing. In fact, there won't be. And stay classy. <laughs> I was going to say everybody in this movie. The Lobster. Stay classy. It is, it is good. And I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>